But it's one of the things that my cousin dropped on me also was it seems like you just carry stuff. Like if Sam doesn't act a certain way or react in a certain way or whatever, you like own that and you take it personally and you hang on to it for days and days and days. So I started thinking about it, you know, Sam would come home after traveling for two weeks, be exhausted, barely give me a kiss and then go to bed, you know, and, and then me owning that would be she's not excited to see me. I was really excited to see her. She's not excited to see me. There's gotta be something else going on. You know, all this insecurity or whatever I would just allow in. So that was, that was the own it part. Um, the other, the other parts of own it are, are the obvious ones. You know, when somebody comes home and they're really short with you, you're like, okay, let's just take a minute. Tell me about your day. It seems like you're, you're kind of short with me right now. I'm pretty certain I didn't do anything to deserve that, but I'll bet you that something went, you know, you didn't. So in other words, what we end up doing in those situations is, is you get defensive. Somebody's just short with you and you're like, ah, blah, 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 blah. and then all of a sudden you're having a fight, right? But if you can not own that and say that that's, that's not mine. I, sometimes I'll just say like, I'm feeling kind of attacked right now. Maybe now's not the best time to talk about it. Yeah, but I, I don't, I don't know what I can say or do, but if there's anything I can do to help you feel better or, or you know, if you can let me know why you're angry with me or short with me right now, and, and if it's something that I can own, then I'll absolutely own it and I'll stop doing it. And sometimes there's not, and sometimes I just apologize and we move on, but sometimes <laughs> there is, you know? That's Sam and Patty Cullinane, and I'm Brian Falchuk. The Do A Day Podcast. Will you hear from the most inspiring people who have been through hard times, overcome them, and have turned around to help others with what they've learned. I'm your host, Brian Falchuk. I know because I've lived it myself. I've written about it in my book, Do A Day, and that's why I'm bringing you this show. Remember, today's a new day. Go out and do it. Day doers, I am bringing you an episode I have been waiting to bring for so long. There's so many reasons why we couldn't record this or we'd have to reschedule, and now it's finally happening. I was really lucky to go to an event to speak at an event actually last august in san francisco who fernando flores who has been on the show put on and i met these two people sam and patrick or patty cullinane who are a married couple who briefly though not legally uh, but for the period of a year were not married they had gone through the whole divorce process and signed the papers and their lawyer just never actually got around to filing them but they're married again today, or still married, I guess. And their journey and the way the two halves, or now it's not quite halves because they the second part of their marriage post that divorce um, has now been longer. But those two sections of their marriage are really enlightening and inspiring and educational for so many people who struggle in relationships. And it's a really honest thing that many Many, I would wager to guess the vast, overwhelming majority of marriages go through, despite what Hollywood would tell you. And that makes it so valuable. Growing up as a child of divorce, I know for me, I believe that this advice is incredibly valuable. That's why I put out you know, my own advice from my relationships. And as a human being, I've got plenty of relationships that could be better. And the most important one is the one at home. Sam and Patty talk about what they've been through really honestly, openly, candidly, comfortably, and that makes it something you can just take in. So I had the honor of 
reading and contributing to their latest book, Marriage, From Miserable to Magnificent, before it came out. And I just, I, you know, I go into this in the episode, but I just feel like I was sitting with a bunch of friends and Sam and Patty were talking to us lovingly, caringly, openly to help us with all that we faced in our relationships. It's awesome. And they're a lot of fun together. They're super, um, they just have a great chemistry. They're super. But <laughs> um, you got to listen to them. Listen to this episode. I would seriously encourage you to check out their show as well, The Not So Perfect Couple, um, which, yes, I was on. Um, but they have just a great way of talking through their story and their advice and super comfortable, super um, absorbable if that's a word, and you're going to have fun with them. Lots of laughing, lots of talk about laundry, sitting around in different parts of the house, and how that makes us feel, and more serious stuff too. But we will jump into the episode with Sam and Patty Cullinane that I'm so happy to bring you. Sam and Patty Cullinane. I'm going to call you Patty. I feel like I'm I'm one of you. I hope, Patrick, I feel like rude saying it formally. Is that okay? (laughs) No. Yeah, it's Sam's fault. Very formal. Well, Patty is honestly, you know, in Ireland, it's very common. It's it's not a, it's a, so, and I I like, you know, I'm Irish, so I like it. I just don't know not being your wife if I'm entitled to say that. So that's the one. All right. Absolutely. You're absolutely, anybody that wants to call me Patty is absolutely entitled to call me Patty unless they're spelling it with two T's. Okay. Then, yeah. And they're not allowed to do that. Then it's It's like, then you're Aunt Patty. (laughs) what in god's name is this show um hi guys it's it's awesome to see you again and to be connected again um for for our listeners uh i had the serious pleasure of getting to see you guys speak live and do a podcast episode live when fernando flores interviewed you guys in the middle of this conference that he was putting on and Having seen that, having read your books, um, and also having to get a sit at a big table, having dinner and some laughs with you guys, you're the same people in all of those settings, which I think is really cool because some people have their like, this is my book self, this is my stage self. Um, you all are just very you in all of those settings, which is an awesome way to take in your your message because it like. I shouldn't be talking this much, but I'll go back to this awkwardness. I said, like, I can picture your living room having read your book. And obviously, A, I don't have a clue what it looks like. And B, you don't have a living room because you guys are kind of road warriors. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But I just feel like when you give your message, it's like we're sitting down on some comfy couches and you guys are sharing what you've been through. And I'm taking it in because you all care, Um, which I think is directly a result of your style. So thank you for all that. Cool. We, Thank you for all those compliments. And by the way, we do care. And we do. It's it's um, a teeny pet peeve of mine when you like go see somebody speak and you're like, wow, it's so relatable. I, I just feel like we would totally hit it off, but then you get in a one-on-one situation and you know there's a little more ego there than you anticipated. Yeah. And we're not quite the same people. We just if if I don't want to be approached by people, then I just won't wear pants. And they usually leave me alone <laughs> in that scenario. Well, that's but yeah. For the most part. I wear pants and we're thank you know, God wide open to talk to anybody whenever. 
Um, in public, anyway, he can take. It that's, all, that's all fine with me. But you know, I, when we're, when we're I, around I have seen people. you wear pants, so I can attest to that. Yeah, it's a safe, it's a safe space. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, you guys just have this chemistry that is amazing, and yeah, that could completely be an act. But having to see you, getting to see you like with the cameras on and off, so to speak, either it's an act that you're like it's a reality show, so it's just always the act, or it's not an act. I think probably <laughs> it's not. I haven't seen a camera, so I think it's not an act. We're not smart enough to have an act. <laughs> oh, I should speak for my... I'm not smart enough to have an act. Abby probably could, but... I would say that I'm way too lazy to have an act. That's the, a yeah. successful act, you need to rehearse, and I would rather nice. not do that. Yeah, he doesn't have any patience for that. Um, I want to dig into your work because it's... Uh, it's obviously something I care about a ton. Like anyone who listens to the show has had me tell, had to hear me talk about my book too much. Um, but the reality is like relationships are such a central part of everything in our lives. I don't care if you're married or not, or how that word resonates with you. Cause everything's a relationship. Every interaction with every person's a relationship. Now you guys are focused more specifically on those romantic significant other kinds of relationships versus like parent child spouse um spouse yours looking at the spouse it's like employer employee um but it's like if it's not you yourself it's what you grew up with or didn't mm -hmm. grow up with because mm -hmm. things didn't work out so there's uh you know as a child of divorce like this is all really front and center for me and we all came from some relationship whether it worked out or not so it is really pivotal for everybody to hear the kinds of things you guys talk about. And I want to get to that, but I want you to share your own story because you are not licensed clinical, you know, psychologists or social workers or whatever, yet you've been through some things that definitely get like a license from life to talk about this stuff. So share your story with us. I'm not, I'm not yeah, okay. I'm not sure being licensed is a, always a positive it doesn't have to mean anything either way. Yeah. Right no, um, our stories, and I, we've told it a bunch of times. I'm going to condense it a teeny bit, but, um, and we also tell it in our book, which I'm sure we're going to talk about. So uh, it's, it's, I call it a tale of two decades. Basically, for the first 10 years, we got married. Um, Sam was young in years, and I was young in maturity. Um, even though I had a few <laughs> years on her, but, uh, we, you know, and, and I've always, my whole life, I've always been, I was like the middle kid. I didn't, you know, I didn't need a lot of the oil, you know, the squeaky wheel type thing. And I, I had this really like innate desire to just do stuff myself and not ask for any advice and, and I can do this. And so, yeah. um, and, and, you know, I thought we would be married and, and we were, be totally successful at it and and we wouldn't be like other people we would become a statistic so yeah um i thought that too though i went into it thinking oh i'm gonna be in love forever and it's gonna be so awesome because you know you get those butterflies and all that totally. great stuff that happens when you first yeah. fall in love so i really love. thought that would happen yep and, Every, uh, and i think after, everybody does right yeah i mean it's what we're told right that's what well, we are, or we're told it's not yet, but we're like invincibility is like, yeah, but that's not, you don't understand what we have. Like we're, yeah. maybe you didn't have that, but I'm going to have that because I'm better yeah. than that. We're better than that. And Hollywood exactly. sells us that. Totally. Every Disney movie, every rom-com is all about, the, you know, the butterflies and the, but we get in about three years and it starts to get like, oh, shoot. 
Yeah, happily ever after absolutely does not exist. And there's a reason why they only ever touch on the first six months to a year in any romantic comedy or, <laughs> or Disney movie. And then they just say, yeah, happily ever after. Like, Disney just ever. kills the parents off. They're all dead. <laughs> Patty has this idea of going into, you know, Snow White and Prince Charming, like, oh, yeah, yeah, in their 50s. Yeah. No, even well, actually, 40s. more realistically, you, you found you rewind back to Cinderella and Prince Charming and. You know, it's 10 years in. Prince Charming doesn't have a job. He's about 40 pounds overweight and he's playing video games all day. And Cinderella's <laughs> back working for her stepmother. You know, I mean, this is more reality. Yeah. <laughs> Prince Charming anyway, doesn't even put his toupee on anymore. <laughs> exactly. He's giving up. Yeah. He's just throwing sweatpants, and, <laughs> which that's what I do all day. But, um, <laughs> that's true. You know, actually, so we were talking about that the other day. It's just a fun sidebar. Um, sounds like you know why people say you've given up you know because you wear your sweatpants to the grocery store or whatever and i was like i don't know but i take it as a positive we've given up giving a shit what people think yeah and that's a good thing yeah so we're both like oh, we kind of like giving up yeah it's like, if that's what giving up means then <laughs> yeah, i was just gonna it. say there's some expensive sweatpants out there so you know it doesn't yeah. have yeah. to be true yeah. but we we don't wear those yeah, yeah. we're more like costco yeah. I mean, if by giving up, they mean wearing underwear, they're absolutely right. Anyway, <laughs> um, the, uh, so for 10 years, the first few years were fine, easy. We had, um, but we had two young kids and, uh, you know, our That's careers, a transition. careers yeah. mine was my career moved in and out of a couple of different, I was building houses on one side, selling insurance on the other side and, and then got back into the uh, logistics. So I was a little bit all over the place and, um, and Sam was on kind of a steady rise. And uh, and then we relocated back to Salt Lake City from Kansas City. And that put quite a bit of pressure on our relationship because now she's surrounded by her whole family. And mm. I would just left my family. And so there was some of that going on. And then I, and she... And then I took a job that was traveling, you know, Monday through Friday. So I was really yeah. only home on the weekends. Yeah. And we didn't understand things like love languages. We didn't understand things like, you know, the, that there's several different stages of love in a relationship. Yeah. And we just thought it all supposed to be like heroes, butterflies all the time. And, uh, and you know. And we were always trying to get back to that. Yeah. Know? And judging and, not being there. And judging not yeah. being there. Being like, oh, this is, you're definitely not the one because this, this the butterflies didn't last. Yeah. And not understanding that that's, love's not designed to, to do that and so always looking back to try to get that back is such a waste of time and energy yeah. and so many couples are doing that even we were just recently on a podcast that he called you know reignite the fire how do you keep the fire reignited and we're like well depends on what you call fire because mm. sometimes we have no desire to go back to the butterflies and the madly in love because some of that's also a little crazy well if you call fire passion then that's a whole different ball yeah game. exactly um Anyway, because passion is an intention. But um, hmm. as far as we went, we we kind of deteriorate. We didn't deteriorate badly. I mean, we, but I really wanted more attention from Sam. She was giving her job number one attention, then the kids number two, and then she would take a nap and then you like, might hang out with her friends. And I would fall in there somewhere. But um, I don't think I hang out with my friends either. But yeah, well, it, well, it doesn't matter. Um, at the end of the day, we... You felt like you came in last. And Sam wanted me to move out and said she needed some time apart. She, she felt like she could do it on her own. And uh, I was like, I'll show you. So 
Well, I felt like I was making all the money. Yeah, I was. I paid I was, for the nanny. Yeah, I just didn't, and I'd come home, and you would just hound me for sex, and that was how I felt like our relationship was. And I was like, "This sucks. What do I need a husband for? I can yeah. do this all on my own." And I just started another company, and it was just barely starting to turn the corner as far as making any money goes. And I felt like she was quitting, you know, taking a knee on the one yard line type thing. Yeah. And uh, so I just gave her everything. I took, you know, my baseball cards and my car, and I left. And, uh, and your and, tools. You took your tools. And my tools. And the bed, and the bed that. that I built. And a really cool toilet seat and a lamp. Uh, and then but you don't mention I, the toilet seat in the book. That's the only thing that was news to me. Interesting. Okay. It's what is a cool that's toilet movie, seat? The, that's from the movie The Jerk. All I need is this lamp and this toilet seat. That's all, right. all I need. You have to be there. Um, I can picture here. the scene now, but. I genuinely thought you made some cool toilet, and I'm like, what? What is a cool toilet seat? Anyway, I can I can tell by your reaction that you are not open to receiving witty uh, lines from movies oh. right now, and we can circle back to that later. <laughs> <laughs> you know what a cool toilet seat is, though. In reality, especially these days, the bidet one. The bidet on it. Yeah. Oh. Heats the seat and then it's you know Blast the whole undercarriage a little warm. Yeah, water. you don't even need the toilet paper that nobody yeah. can get anymore anyway. No more hashtag out of toilet paper. Yes, that's yeah. a, that's an interesting point. Although the scumbags on Amazon that are selling them and you know who you are yeah. marked them all up 150 bucks, almost double what they were a month ago. So, so. this is the Pua Day uh, podcast <laughs> now. And <laughs> sorry, I've been waiting to say that one for a long time. I'm um, glad we gave you the opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my poor listeners. Um, okay, so so you're gone. You moved out. Yeah, and and to be out. fair, like oh, we're going to get into the book, but y- there's there's a lot more to this on both sides of the equation, what each of you is feeling, um, yeah. which is a really interesting way to live through it because for anyone who has been in that spot, all the presumptions you have about the other person and mm-hmm. all the presumptions you have about yourself, it is really interesting that the sort of he said she said not sort of you literally do it that way style that the book is written in like i do feel like i'm living through both of your experiences really honestly like you're not pulling any punches about yourself and your own shit and what you're presuming about the other person which i just feel like everyone's actually sat in that exact space whether they want to admit you know asking for a friend or they're going to own up to it being them um that that was really helpful for not for me, but for a friend that I was reading it on behalf of. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's, I love it when people do that too. Everybody says that too. Mm. Although I thought I got when this when friend. you read it for a friend, make sure you buy a separate copy for them, though. By the way, um, anyway, so <laughs> yes, when we 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 I moved out, <clears throat> and uh, and then I um, moved to Europe. Yeah. I moved to Spain with the kids yeah. for for my job and. And so that we was were really far apart. Yeah. We talked. I mean, it wasn't like we were, I was, I was mad at her from a, you know, relationship standpoint, you've given up on me and, 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 you know, you're, so yeah, I was blaming her for all of that. But at the end of the day, we weren't, we were amiable. Yeah. We were yeah. amicable because of the kids. And so yeah. when she got this opportunity to move to Spain with the kids, I was like, man, that's a freaking killer opportunity for them. And I would love it if I was 12 and could go to Spain. So we got to let them, we got to do it. And then her, plus her company said they'd fly me over a few times. And so. Yeah. Every month or two, he could fly out. And, and you know, now that I'm single, so the whole thing ended up working out fine. And uh, after about six months of blaming Sam, I 
was encouraged to look inside, you know, by my cousin who said, you know, you clearly have a role to play in this. You can't yeah. blame her for everything. And you have two choices. You can continue blaming her and being pissed about it, or you can maybe look and see what part you played in it. And then, um, maybe own that. So you don't take it with you into your next relationship, even if it's this one still. So I, you know, I started looking and working on myself and, and that made everything a lot easier for me because yeah. before I was mad, I wanted to still, I was still in love with Sam. I still want to be with her. Um, but after looking at myself and the things that I didn't think, um, and, and the other part of looking at yourself is also giving yourself some grace and love. So I started doing a little bit of that and I realized, okay, I can be happy with or without Sam. And, mm. and that's when things changed a little bit. Well, I was also making money. Um, that which, changed a lot. Like when you said that, that changed a lot for me because I felt so much responsibility for our family, for our you know financials, for my happiness. I felt like I had to, I was carrying the whole thing. And when yeah. you said, I don't need you. I was like, Oh, that is hot. I remember you <laughs> yeah. talking about that and that was, but you getting into the financial side of it so much more in the book and how, how that was sitting with you on top of the whole, like I can be happy without you. Um, mm -hmm. I get why that can be like, oh wow, he's like a fully formed person. Yeah, now he's a whole Values person. Himself. Yeah, like he's a full grown up now. Yeah, yeah, he just grew up. Yeah, until <laughs> I was forty. Um, anyway, well, so and the same thing was happening to me, right? Yeah. So I, I, you know, leave for Spain thinking, ooh, the grass is going to be so much greener, and I'm still, it's the same. It's kind, of, you know, and I'm, and I'm still not happy, and I'm like, yeah. God. So, and here I've been blaming him you know, while we were married, like, ah, oh, I just, I'm not happy because you're always, you know, bothering she me. She was being manipulated by men that she worked with also and didn't see it and wouldn't see it. Yeah. And, so I had a few emotional affairs. Yeah. And, and then when she finally started to recognize that, that she's like, oh, I guess, I guess you were right about this and you might've been right about that. But th that was just on the work side from things I'd witnessed. Um, and then I explained to her too, I was like, if you can, you know, if you want to continue with, your job making it number one and uh and, and our family second then i can't be you know when we started having a discussion again i was like i can't be in a relationship like that to me everything kind of falls underneath the relationship like when the relationship is good i can kick ass at work a lot more i'm a way better parent you know what i mean it's yeah. just when that part's good there's just a sense of you know focus for yeah. me and when it's not it it gets in the way of everything you know patty that's so. something i found a lot of people like on, the, on my coaching side people are hesitant to see the interconnectedness of a problem in one area of their life to the next like mm -hmm. you can tell who's having a hard time at home just like your spouse can tell may not know the reason why but he or she will probably know why like something's not right at work whether you want to you know oh no everything's fine it's like when you walk in that door you walk out that door it's not like whatever's on the other side of the door just stays on the other side. We, we fool ourselves around that so much. Yeah. And I am really good at that. Like I am a, I am a, a level compartmentalizer Yeah. where, um, I feel like, but it's so unhealthy, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what you do is you sort of stuff. So I could definitely keep my, my relationship. I can just, I could just easily ignore it which is what I did, right? I'd be like, oh, it's making me uncomfortable. I'm just going to ignore it. And that's sort of what I did, you know, sort of stonewalling, sort of stuffing all my emotions about it down. 
And then that just came, that just, when, anytime you do that, it just comes to haunt you when you're not dealing with it as it comes up, you know? Yeah. She's, what she's means it's, it's like, it's, it's almost like one of those robotic things you see in a warehouse where it's like, <laughs> it moves everything to the back. And then this thing comes to the front. Do you know what I mean? As far as her compartmentalization, yeah. whereas I, I have almost no ability to do it. Patty can't do it. And so, yeah. it, you know, his, his emotions spilling, are always on his sleeve. And he's spilling shit in every room as I try to find a place to compartmentalize it. And <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. left all over the floor. And anyway. You yeah. get, I mean, you, you're like that, like in a fight too, where like one of you wants to work it out and resolve it now and the other doesn't want to talk right yeah exactly it's yeah. Safe, like i'm just yeah. going to tuck this back and move on i was like i can't do that and yeah. i don't work that way which just, yeah, i think a lot of couples are like that they that's, are that's when i was being healthy that's when if or you know that that would be when i i was uh being honest with yourself yeah, honest enough that i and, and communicating to you yeah you know and the other probably 75% of the time in the beginning anyway, I was sulking and waiting for you to, t to ask me what was wrong. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yes. That's so. definitely. We all, we've all do. seen that the size, the whatever it is. Um, yeah. I mean, we, everyone's witnessed that. It yeah. doesn't work. Witness me, no. do, witness me doing it. No, no. <laughs> I have. I've witnessed you do it. <laughs> I, I've witnessed you do it through myself, as my wife would attest to. <laughs> we uh, we signed the papers at some point, December, January, somewhere in there, and gave them. I used her lawyer. I was like, I signed oh, divorce that, papers. Yeah, I signed yeah. the house over to her. I gave her everything. I was like, you know, it doesn't matter. It's you know, I'll get another house. So, um. So, and I, I wasn't going to get a lawyer. We weren't, I was definitely not going to argue about anything. I didn't want to, I didn't want to spend a dime mm -hmm. on having Lori do anything other than what we paid him to do. And so I think because we weren't paying him anything other than filing fees and that kind of thing. And, and he wasn't, you know, Sam wasn't really heeding his advice. Well, you got to find out if he has a 401k and all this other stuff. Um, he just kind of filed the papers underneath a big pile on his desk and didn't really worry about it. So he never filed them. Yeah. And, uh, almost a year to the date where I moved out, um, we were together talking about the kids. Um, Sam was kind enough to let me seduce her. And, uh, I let him do that throughout our not being together time. <laughs> really helps the ego. You're like, yeah, talk to her and they get naked again. Bam. And we're getting a divorce. I was working so hard. I had zero <laughs> opportunities to date or just, you know, it wasn't yeah, no you, romantic. You thought it would happening. be different though. Cause you had these guys oh, yeah. like flirting with you and whatever through work. Yeah, absolutely. And it's not like, I mean, I did, I, there was one guy that I, I sort of dated, but not, not really, you yeah. know, it was just, and everybody that I knew in Spain worked for me. Yeah. yeah. So that makes so it awkward gonna... when you're the boss. It's not, you know, no one. And I this thought it would be it's inappropriate. Yeah. At 39 years old, I thought it would be fun to date. Or only because I turned 40. No, I was 39. I thought it'd be date to date or fun to date a you know 24-year-old and you know, trade Sam in for a younger model. And so you get that call at 1:30 in the morning, I'm drunk. And they're like 45 minutes away, and you're like, oh god, this is way more work than it's worth. Yeah. <laughs> and uh anyway, so I don't I mean. Dude, that's almost so we, that's we, like we, almost i gotta grass, get up for the next day let yeah, alone your car in the middle of the night the grass wasn't as green on the yeah. other side of that fence you start kicking around in there and realize that somebody spray painted it but um <laughs> we 
Well, and also there's that thing, something that always came, kept coming back to me as I would date the, you know, when I had, again, like very few romantic like attempts was that, you know, I have two kids. They will always be my kids. I will always love those kids more than anything in this world. Yeah. And I have that in common with Patty. Yeah. So even though, and you know, there was a time, so our, our daughter got injured when I was, we were back home for Christmas and we were um, snowboarding and she fell and was injured and we had to bring her down, you know, in the ambulance from the, from the ski slope. And I was terrified, you know, yeah. it was so scary to be with her by myself and, you know, my, our son and getting to the hospital and seeing Patty and knowing that he, he was as invested in those kids and yeah. her health and what was, what I was going through. I felt so much comfort there. Yeah. So I don't want to, I don't believe in staying in a bad marriage for the kids. I, I do not believe that that's a good idea, but, I, but your children can bring you together. If you let them, there mm. are parts of, of that, that kind of love, that unconditional love that you both have for those kids, that if you can find that and use that to your advantage to see the good in each other, yeah, I think there's something there. Yeah. Yes. Well, there's, I mean, what you, what's there is what you said at the very end is you, you have to be looking for the good in each other. And it, it can be, you know, as things you have in common with the kids, but there's also a lot of other things. Yeah. It's, it's, it's translated when you talk about relationships. I mean, all this translates into every single relationship and the parenting and that, you know, you can sit around and judge people, you know, on the things that we don't agree with or, you know, as when it comes to parenting, we can catch them doing something right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So many times as parents, like I, w I would love a redo on being a parent after the first 10 years. I said that to our son just yesterday. I was like, God, you know, I just know so much more. Yeah. I'd really like to raise you again. He's the, like, the first, the no first 10 years, <laughs> we separated for an entire year, signed divorce papers, and then we ended up getting back together. And then the last, well, it's been 13 now, but uh, 10 years, the second decade was more about learning understanding and growing our relationship and becoming kind of sponges you know what else can we learn all oh, that yeah. is really cool let's try something else and so um that's been the second the second half of it and it kind of culminated into the book and then we realized that we wrote the first book that we wrote was kind of just it there was more that we could tell in certain chapters in there which we did and then we also wanted to add a lot more um content that would back up rather than people reading it and saying, Oh, that's just their opinion. Well, yeah, it's yeah. not hundred percent our opinion. We found these scientific studies that say hey, we were right. <laughs> yeah. So. so you guys, what I'm trying to understand is how much was like a conscious effort. Like, okay, if we're getting back together, we have to fix these problems. We have to work on these things. So we're going to like put the work in or did, like, that, that's the only thing I didn't pick up was like, yeah, you guys were introduced to things and it was, you know, agree and stuff, but was this like, okay, Sam, we're going to make this work, Patty, like we're going to do this. We need to go to counseling or we need to read these books. Or was there, was there like so, a, I'd, we love, had, I'd love to answer that one. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> we had, we didn't have a plan. I, what I told the, the big one for us was Sam's job. It was in the way and it was causing problems in our relationship and it was causing problems with our kids. And Sam recognized that. And, um, the, you know, the second, it, the stuff for me was I'd already started working on it. I already told Sam what it was. And I, I also invested a lot of my happiness into whether or not Sam was paying attention to me or not. So mm -hmm. I would, 
if she was tired and, and distracted and everything, then I would allow myself to be depressed and, and whiny and even more needy, which only made it worse. So um, I kind of got, hot. I got over that. I realized, Hey, there's a, lot of stuff, there's a lot of stuff I love to do. And so when we got back together, I'm like, Hey, I started playing poker on Sundays and I love it. And I don't want to give it up. And I started bowling on Tuesdays and I don't want to give that up either. I mean, she's like, great. You know what I mean? So there's certain things that we came together with the, we did have certain things that we were like, okay, if we're getting back together, these are non-negotiable. Right. And the bowling and the poker wasn't non-negotiable. I just told her that I'd like to keep doing it. Yeah. And eventually she wore me down and I quit them, but like always do. Um, you know, I joke. have nothing to do with you quitting. That's <laughs> <laughs> a joke. Sam, what about no, you? Yeah. So I had to decide that my job wasn't the most important thing, which was easy, right? Cause I, as after being in Spain with the kids alone, you know, without Patty to bring me down, so to speak, which he clearly wasn't, you know, he wasn't all the problems. Yeah. I recognized what I really wanted and what I thought was really going to make me happy, which is I want to raise my kids. I want to spend time with them. Like they're the most important thing to me. And I, I missed, you know, first decade of their lives. Yeah. Um, And I also wanted to be in a, a relationship, you know, a loving relationship with someone who was just as interested in those kids as I was. And Patty had really pulled his shit together. And she worked in this company that had a lot of really sexist men in it. And her, I, you know, I don't know, we can probably say this, but I think her boss kind of fell in love with her and then realized that, oh, I can't have her in the same office as me. So we shipped, shipped her over to Spain, which she was totally kicked ass over there and did a great job. In fact, she had to hire two men, pay them twice as much as her just to take over her job when she left. But they wouldn't make a place for her back in in, in Utah where we were living at the time. They would. It just wasn't a job I wanted to take. It was like yeah. a demotion. So yeah, yeah. I just quit. Yeah. And I was glad to quit. I'd been working so hard for so long. I hadn't, you know, I was on the road. Sometimes I would be on the road for a month long. Wow. Like when I was working in Europe, I'd have to leave and be in Europe for a month, just having calls with the kids and, you know, on weekends and whatever. That's really hard. So it's really hard and you don't realize how, and I had zero self-care. I didn't eat well. I didn't take, I didn't work out. I did nothing. I just worked and worked and worked. So I was tired. I was ready to take a break. So I just, I quit my job and luckily Patty's, you know, business picked up so that we could do that. It was a blessing. It was a big deal. That we were a Not that bit. you have to quit your job altogether to make that work. You just have to reprioritize it so that it isn't the most important thing. Yeah. Yeah. And it should never be, honestly. You know? Yeah. I, 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 you know, I have a hard time saying that it should never be because I do believe that life sort of works in sprints. Like, I feel like there are times when you have to focus really diligently on something to get things done. I don't know. I don't know actually even how Patty feels about that, but. I get into places where if I really want to get something done, I do have to focus and I do. And so I'll do a sprint, like for example, to finish the book, I do a sprint and where that is really, really important to me. It doesn't mean I don't answer calls for my kids or I'm not yeah. spending any time with Patty, but that, that I do believe in sprinting a little bit. As long, yeah, but the thing, the thing you need to, that, you know, that I would, I agree with that a hundred percent, by the way. Um, but in the back of your mind, you, you need to re- recognize that, what's most important to you and why you're doing this sprint. It's not 100% for yourself. It's for other people as well. And, and if you just let everybody know, like you have a family meeting and say, all right, guys, here it is. The next, next six months. weeks at work is going to be, is going to be tough. 
Yeah. But let's plan a trip in eight weeks where we all go away and then we'll wind back down and I'll get everything back to normal by the time we, before we leave to go on the trip and then after, but this next six weeks, no, that everybody has an expectation and you set one for yourself where this is short term. So it's a sprint is different from like what, where you at your, your life was the sprint. There yeah, was no I, my like, whole life was the sprint. Yeah, exactly. There was no temporary nature to it. And, no. um, that, that is like, look, we all go through stuff where it's like, guys, I, I gotta be like heads down or you have a medical, mm -hmm. like I've had a lot of surgeries. So it's like, look, I'm going to be in bed for the next week. It's yeah. not that I don't love you guys, you know? Um, so that, exactly. that's totally different, but that's also, there's a conversation about that and there's a chance right. to align about that, which is different from just like, no, I'm gone. Like yeah. works more important than you all indefinitely. I, th I yeah. think it, it comes no down to, the end of the tunnel. it comes down to, I've never had this thought before, but I, it makes a lot of sense to me right now, but I think it comes down to roles. You just, you need to decide yeah. what, what roles are most important to you in your life. And at that time in our lives, the most important role to Sam was breadwinner. Breadwinner is the most important role. So anything that falls into that category takes priority. Right? That is what We're, I thought. But now it's like, for me, husband and father are my most important roles. Yeah. And then obviously, you know, putting food on the table and being a breadwinner is an important role, but um, I don't want to sacrifice, you know, one for the other. This is totally, and it's not totally off topic, but um, is that anything in how you guys grew up that informs those roles? Like, do you see yourself repeating patterns or like rebelling against patterns from your childhood? Because these things yes. all come from somewhere in all of us. Yeah. Well, our, our parents are the, you know, the baby boomers and, and probably, you know, depending on what happens with the economy right now, but could be one of the wealthiest generations, you know, for a while. Yeah. And they were raised in that, you know, capitalist breadwinner, breadwinner kind of corporate, you know, grind, yeah. really, I think. Well, and I, we both come from traditional families. So our dads were the breadwinners and our moms were like homemakers, basically. Yeah. 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 Um, and I definitely rebelled against being a homemaker. I did not want to do that. Although yeah. our, I think both of our, both of our moms also, like my dad had different side hustles and different side businesses where my mom would run those and Sam's uh, mom and dad were a little bit the same. And so both of our moms were semi-business savvy to the point like the where bookkeepers. They, yeah. They would, you yeah, saw exactly. a lot of that. Yeah. Yeah. And they would tell our, our dads, look, if I was handling this, I would do it totally differently. So they, they knew enough to tell our, our dads what they were doing wrong. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. Um, I don't know. Yeah, my mom was always into charity work and things like that. And then she, yeah. you know, when my dad decided to quit and retire, she took up a real job doing real fundraising. And so in her later years, she had jobs, but yeah, her other jobs were sort of like... So it's, it's just interesting how you sort of like rebelling against the dynamic overall, but you still chose one of the sides of the equation, like it still models after one of the work styles. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And I think actually, but what's interesting now though, is we're defining our lives the way we, we want. It's not like that at all. Right. We, we share all the stuff, you know, we share trying to take care of the house. We share yeah trying to make the money we share we share all those roles do you feel like that 
Maybe yeah. that's what I'm trying to force on you because he doesn't really like the well, no, Sam would, houseworks. If you were talking <laughs> if you were talking one on one, Sam would would not give me a ton of credit for sharing, you know, like the laundry. Yeah. But no, but you again like I'll throw a load in from time to time, but I wouldn't get a lot of credit, you know. Yeah, but that's not all there is. And that so like Patty, yeah, that was one exactly. of your complaints was like she sees that I didn't do this inside of the house, but doesn't appreciate that. I just spent like eight hours out in the sun mowing and like fixing the yeah. deck and whatever else. And it's like, it, it's like society. Like we can't all do, you know, we can't all be a physician because then we'd never have any food. Our heating systems would be busted. We, you know, like exactly. it does take a mix. So it's a question whether you see the value in the whole rather than the fact that either one of those pair, you know, contributors to the pair isn't doing everything. Right. Sam, Sam, I would be in and out of the house all day long building a deck on the back of the house and Sam would give me shit because I walked by my socks nine times. The socks have been sitting there all day. It's <laughs> like, like an yeah. undergarment theme I to this episode. Them. I just noticed yeah. them. Yeah. yeah. You know what I've decided though about that whole chore thing and um, I, and doing things like his, like his socks, you know, if I don't want to pick up his socks. It used to be I'd pick him up and be pissed, like resentful, yeah. or yeah. I'd nag him, you know. So I'd either nag or do it and be pissed. But my new my new approach, which I lo- I'm loving and it's working so well, like it probably won't ever end, is that if I'm going to feel resentful, I won't pick them up, but I'm also not going to let it bother me. Like that's not my shit. It's sort yeah. of like don't own it, right? Yeah. So oh, we got to talk owning, about that. Yeah. Yeah. Own it. Don't own it. I can't own. <laughs> That he leaves his clothes all. He gets undressed. I kid you not. We could walk around our house right now and there would be an article of his clothing in every room. I don't know why he does it. He just, it's, I, I don't know why. It's the same reason I play that music. <laughs> You're just dropping big, subtle hints about getting naked everywhere. The big tease. <laughs> I'm just picturing but, you all are in a studio right now. So it's just one room. So like... <laughs> By default, he's dropping his clothes in every room. <laughs> but I can either let that bother me, which yeah. I used to a lot, yeah. or I can choose to let that go. Like, why does that matter? Yeah. It doesn't matter. Our parents taught us, you know, my mom's like a queen freak. So, of course, that's not acceptable. But why do I have to yeah. torture myself with her standards? I don't need to do that. Well, and you're, so you're that, screwed either so, way. Because, like, yeah, if I'm going to do it and way. be upset or I'm not going to do it and be upset, that's on you. Because like, totally well, then pick a lane that's going to leave you not upset and just go with that one. Because otherwise yeah. you're angry no matter how you slice it. Yeah. So now I've just let it go. Yeah. And if yeah. I, if it bothers me enough that I will pick it up and not be resentful, like if I don't mind picking it up, then I do. Yeah. And if I mind it, then I don't. I let him pick his own stuff up or let the house be messy. I don't care. So you guys said own it, don't own it, which is, I mentioned before we were recording, like that's one of the key things from marriage from miserable to magnificent which i feel like should almost be marriage from magnificent to miserable to magnificent although maybe it wasn't magnificent <laughs> initially otherwise it maybe wouldn't that's have gotten miserable good. um that was one of the things that's really stuck with me and there's there's a, like the different kinds of love you guys mentioned eros like there are things in this book that i was just like wow I remember my wife and son were around while I was reading it. And I know like this poor little kid is like, why is he talking about this? This is weird. Cause I couldn't, I couldn't hold the insights in. I was like, Sharon, you got to hear this. And and our son's just like, you know, he's playing Nintendo or whatever. He's like, why are you talking about this? Um, 
but it's it's really good stuff. So can you guys talk about own it, don't own it a little bit more? Yeah, because I yeah, I'm chanting that to myself. Not that I have any reason yeah. to, because my wife's awesome and I we have no problems. But if we did, I would totally be saying this in my head. <laughs> yeah. Well, we totally have problems and we still have issues. Oh, I'm sorry to hear to that. I'll give you guys not. some tips because I'm good. Yeah, you should give us some tips. <laughs> yeah. Everybody, we take all the tips we can get. Everybody always wants to talk about our book, and and the chapters they want to talk about are ones that are like heavy, Sam. You know, and uh, she's got some of the best insights in there, but. That was a heavy Patty. one for me. So I'm glad you liked that one. But uh, it's one of the things that my cousin dropped on me also was, you know, what did you bring into the relationship that you can work on? But the other thing you said too, is that, uh, you know, when it seems like you just carry stuff, like if Sam doesn't act a certain way or react in a certain way or whatever, you like own that and you take it personally and you hang on to it for days and days and days. And, um, so I started thinking about it, you know, Sam would come home after traveling for two weeks, be exhausted, um, barely give me a kiss and then go to bed, you know, and, and then me owning that would be, she's not excited to see me. I was really excited to see her. She's not excited to see me. There's gotta be something else going on, you know, all this insecurity yeah. or whatever I would just allow in. And, um, so that was, that was the own it part. Um, the other, the other parts of own it are, are the obvious ones, you know, when somebody comes home and they're really short with you, you're like, okay, let's just take a minute. Tell me about your day. It seems like you're, you're kind of short with me right now. I'm pretty certain I didn't do anything to deserve that, but I'll bet you something went, you know, you didn't. So in other words, what we end up doing in those situations is, or me, I should say me, but a lot of people is you get defensive. Somebody's just yeah. short with you and you're like, ah, blah, 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 blah. and then all of a sudden you're having a fight. Right. But if you can not own that, and say that that's that's not mine. I mean, there's something going on there, and I'll do it with Sam sometimes. I'm like, okay, you really snapped to me right there. I I don't feel like I deserve that. Um, is there something else going on that you want to talk about? You know? Yeah. Well, sometimes there's not, and sometimes I just apologize and we move on. But sometimes <clears throat> there is, you know. What What do you do if that doesn't feel safe? Like the response you get back is like, "Don't try to throw this back on me," or like. Yeah. How, how do you well, how do you deal with that? Because you're not you're not actually able to navigate together to better in that moment. So what do you, what's what's the solution there? I, sometimes I'll just say like I'm feeling kind of attacked right now. Maybe now is not the best time to talk about it. Yeah, but time I don't I don't know what I can say or do. But if there's anything I can do to help you feel better, or or you know if you can let me know why you're angry with me or short with me right now, and, and if it's something that I can own, then I'll absolutely own it and I'll stop doing it. But yeah. a lot of times if you just by, by, by asking that way and, and letting them know how you feel, which is hard too, because sometimes Sam will say, I, I feel attacked. And I'm like, well, I wasn't attacking you. Yeah. <laughs> but I am yeah. now. Then I have to back off and say, okay, and have to back I'm off. sorry. Whatever I did was not intended to feel, you know, for you to feel attacked. So I apologize for that. So it is a delicate, it thing. gives you, but it does give you a little bit of, of, give them a little bit of grace to where sometimes Sam will be like, I don't, I don't know. And then like an hour later, she's like, I have no idea what was wrong with me earlier, but yeah. I do apologize for snapping at you. You're right. I did, but it takes her a little bit of time sometimes to come back around to that. And so I'll let her know how I feel. I'll try to do it as safely as possible. And then if it's, you know, there's, there's certain times where I'm like, you know what? I just, I don't think now's the time to talk about this. Yeah. 
because it's sometimes that I've, and I've even asked her, like, do you want to argue and fight with me right now? Is that what your intention is? If could, because it just feels like everything I say is wrong. So I don't, I don't know what to do to help you. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, I, so I, I know we're getting tight on time. You have to have you guys back on, um, or, or Patty, you can just leave and do your call and Sam and I can keep going. But I think um, I have a feeling you guys are both like kind of unenjoyable to talk to alone. That's what I've, I've no, not really. Um, but there's, <laughs> there's it's different. It'll be a different. It's different. Thing. Yeah. No, there's definitely something in the, in the interplay. Um, even, I, I don't know if anyone listening has picked this up, but the fact that either of you can say something or answer a question and like I'm watching you, so people who can't see your faces, that it's not like the other one is like, oh, I was going to answer that. Like, it, and it's, it's going on inside, I can't see. But I've interviewed couples before, not for the show, but like there is that. And people do, or, you know, maybe they're not couples, they're just like two people who work together and like one wants to answer and the other one steps on their toes. And you see that with every single response. And I'm not picking that up here. So I like, A, your, your banter's not an act and B, neither is your marriage. You know, like, it's clear you guys are in a very different place from where you must have been 13 years ago, which is awesome to see. Um, this book is gold, honestly, like it, it is it's really accessible. Yeah, you back it up with science and stuff. Yes, I skipped some of that stuff because I didn't care because I believed you <laughs> to begin with. But I could appreciate how if I didn't, it would be nice to see that. But there's some additional meat in there that actually is like, okay, now I understand this a bit deeper. And you guys have great, great references that you point to as well. Um, where can people find out more about you guys? And you have your podcast. Um, and then you have to write another book so I can have you back on. Is that a deal? Yeah. No pressure. Yeah, we're going to. I'm working on, I'm working on one. Sam wants to write a book on, on sex and long-term relationships. And initially I was like, oh, that's all you. Um, but I've got some ideas to put in there. So I might throw a little content at it. Yeah. I think I want to write a, a full book. That's just focused on what I did the TEDx talk about, mm. you know, mm -hmm. just th those concepts mm -hmm. and how to implement them gracefully. Yeah. Cause not you, just throwing people into it. Sometimes that works, but sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes people need a little more guidance. Yeah. It'll be quick. It'll yeah. be a short book though, you know? But it's really yeah. valuable because not everyone's on the same page with that topic. And so, yes. and it's really fact, important to be, not. yeah, it's, an, it's <laughs> not, it's not a subject you want people, any, either side of that equation to feel any sort of pressure or discomfort or lack of clarity on, because that just changes the whole thing. Yeah. It's not, it's yeah. not going to help. Yeah. yeah, exactly. That's awesome. Exactly. So, so where can people oh, so, get, get your stuff? All right. So our book's available on Amazon. It's Marriage from Miserable to Magnificent. All of the information about us and all the stuff we're up to is can be found on biggerlove.com. Yep. And your podcast. Your podcast is The Not So Perfect Couple. Yes. And that's where, pod, you know, you can listen to that wherever you listen to your podcasts. I will link to all of that stuff and your social handles and everything. Patty, you've got cool. something to say, and I'm stepping on your toes. No, no, just kidding. Toes. See, look, I I can't do it. You guys can do it just fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I was I was going to say earlier when you were talking about interrupting and stepping. We both interrupt each other a lot, yeah, and step on each other's toes a lot. And I think it bothers like some of our friends. Like one of Sam's friends is like, "You interrupt Sam all the time." And so on the next podcast, I was like, "I'm going to be mindful of this." And Sam must have interrupted me like nine times, and I'm like, "All right, this." 
this girl's definitely a homer for the Sam team because this is going both ways. <laughs> well, when Fernando interviewed you guys live, Sam, you probably did like 65, 70% of the talking, something like that. And mm -hmm. on this one, like Patty, you've been more the vocal one. Yeah. Um, and I've heard you guys and other stuff. When you interviewed me, I felt like it was pretty balanced. Um, so yeah, but, it, yeah, but the point is it doesn't seem to matter. Yeah. Right? yeah. Uh, and I think yeah. that's the learning is like not letting it be a thing about you. Yeah. And if you love the totally. person standing next to you, why should you be upset about them caring about what they're saying? Like, find exactly. joy in that for a minute. We've, we've talked about a lot of this stuff so many times, too, that yes, it's not yeah. like one of us isn't is saying anything inaccurate in the other person's eyes. Yeah, true. You know, and, or I'll warn her. Like, I've never <laughs> said this before, and it's just coming to me right now. And she's like, oh, boy, this is either going to be good, bad, or not funny. <laughs> Actually, usually it is funny. It seems to be. Um, I know you guys have sweatpants to pick up all over the place and socks, so I will, yeah. I will let you go. But thank you so much for joining me. Are you ready to help me close things out? Yeah. All right. Today is a new day. Go get it. Get on her and stay on her. Wow. Those are... <laughs> <laughs> so no one Sorry. said either of those. No, that's great. No one said either of those things yet. So we'll just, yeah, we'll go with that. <laughs> and and neither of you said the Nike slogan, so I'm safe. So we'll just we'll leave it there. Thank you both so much for joining me. Thanks, thank you. See, they're exactly what I was saying in the intro. There's such chemistry, such honesty, such openness. It's really hard to listen to Sam and Patty and not feel connected to them. And again, yeah, I mean, I saw them in person and I spent time with them. You know, we went out for dinner, we caught up, we talked, we've stayed in touch since then. So maybe I'm biased, but I felt it. And I have a very strong feeling that all of you got it too. Everyone I know who has heard them has that same takeaway. They're incredible. Please do go to biggerlove.com. That's their website. You can get all the links for all their stuff in the show notes here. You can grab either Bigger Love or Marriage from Magnificent. Sorry, from, from Miserable to Magnificent. I hope it's not Magnificent to Miserable. That would be the wrong way. Um, but you can get all of that in the show notes or from their website. And yeah, the two books are pretty similar. Same sort of story on their part. You know, obviously there's some more development to it. There's some changes they made. But the meat is really all the additional things that they've added in, the scientific stuff, the research-based stuff um, that just creates a, a fuller picture. So I would strongly recommend picking up a copy of Marriage from Miserable to Magnificent. See, I got it right this time. And give it a read. It doesn't take terribly long, and yet you will instantaneously have things you can bring into your life. I mean, I literally, like, as I'm reading it on the couch, I'm shouting out to my wife. I'm like, hey, listen to this. You know, we should think about that. It's just real stuff that you can use right away. Super, super powerful marriage from miserable to magnificent. Hop over to biggerlove.com and check out everything they're doing. You should listen to the not-so-perfect couple. I love that name, the not-so-perfect couple podcast. Um to just, you know, keep engaging with these folks and getting the knowledge that they have because they just keep sharing it. It's awesome. And you can also share this episode and all the others in the Do A Day podcast by going to brianfalchuk.com. You can share that website with anybody, link to the podcast, the books, all of it. That's my ask for today is share this stuff. If what I'm putting out there resonates with you, 
share it with someone who you care about, whether it's about relationships, about living a better life, about understanding yourself better. That's what I'm trying to help the world do. So please help spread that word. All right, we're going to leave it there. I normally say today's a new day, go out and do it, right? And in these times, the go out part is a little bit tricky for us, right? Because a lot of us can't go out or shouldn't go out or we limit how we go out or where we go out to or who we go out with. But that doesn't mean you aren't going out in the sense of putting yourself first and forward in your life to achieve. It doesn't have to be technically out. It doesn't have to be outdoors or different places. You can go out in any place that you are and do it. It's a mental state. So let's all take that in and go out and do it. Thanks, everyone. Be well. Be safe.